This is episode 344 of the Prepper Website Podcast, where I connect you with resources that will help you live a more self-reliant life so you can love your people, get prepared, and live free. Today's article is 8 Hurricane Preparedness Tips That Make a Lot of Sense. Hey, I'm Todd Sepulveda, the editor of PrepperWebsite.com. This podcast is an audible version with some commentary of articles that have been posted on Prepper Website, a daily curation of preparedness information. These articles are some of the best of the best that have been recently posted on PrepperWebsite.com. All article links and show information can be found on the PrepperWebsitePodcast.com. Hey guys, this episode is sponsored by my new ebook, The Preparedness Community's Guide to a Microbiz and Increasing Your Finances. I truly believe the key to preparedness and paying down debt and having an emergency fund is having multiple streams of income. If you'd like some more information, head on over to ThePrepperWebsitePodcast.com. I have a link for you in the show notes. All right, so let's go ahead and jump into our article of the podcast. It comes to, actually, it's my my own article, and uh, I posted it on Prepper website. And uh, so it's it's called Eight Hurricane Preparedness Tips That Make a Lot of Sense, but really it can uh, fall in line with any big kind of storm, right? Natural disaster that you're having. And so if you have a big tropical storm or you're having a blizzard, even a snowstorm type thing, all of these things really do apply. And so uh, I'm going to read this and then I'm going to bounce off of all these tips that I'm giving you. And um, the thing is, is that it has recently come to mind because last week we had a rain event here in uh, in Texas on the Gulf, Gulf Coast. And uh, we, it was just raining like nonstop for a couple of days. And so it was very dry. So everything, you know, the ground was able to soak it up and it was able to, you know, go down to uh, the creeks and the bayous and all that kind of stuff. But it it starts to freak people out because Hurricane Harvey is very fresh on everybody's mind. And, you know, it starts raining, all, you know, so much and you start seeing a little bit of puddling on the, on the streets and, and uh, you start to freak out a little bit. You start thinking back to all the, 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 the situation with Hurricane Harvey. Now, um, I say that in the Houston area, we, we didn't flood, but there were uh, places down south on the Gulf Coast that did flood. I mean, they people that... Uh, we're recovering from Hurricane Harvey, got hit again. And so, I mean, they were flooded out. I mean, cars flooded out, homes flooding out, and uh, completely, completely sucks. And uh, we definitely need to keep those type those people in, in, in prayer because it can become very depressing and overwhelming when you're having to deal with this every single year now. You know, basically that's what it's happened. That's what's happening. And so we're, we are already in hurricane season uh, down here on the Gulf Coast and we're on the coast and uh, we can be expecting that. But I mean, tropical storms and again, like I said, blizzards and all that stuff that wind up happening wherever you are. I mean, there's natural disasters that happen in your area where some of these things can apply. And regardless of if you are prepping for a storm or not, some of these things just are great preparedness, uh, preparedness information. And so uh, this other thing kind of when I was uh, thinking about this, you know, one of the things I talked about a lot that I really uh, used during uh, during the hurricane was my flashlight. And uh, I know I talked about it last week on the Friday podcast, but uh, I was I, I shared it out with with you guys. And then I also sent it out to my email list. And uh, my goodness, I mean, you guys are, are going crazy buying these flashlights. And, uh, you know, I, again, it, it is an Amazon product and I, I think I make like 40 cents on every one of them. So I'm not make I'm not definitely, I'm not getting rich. It's more the thing that I believe in the product and it really works well. 
And so, like I said, I purchased two, but man, there's a lot of you out there that are really taking advantage of it. And so uh, I'm going to link to it again in the show notes, just in case maybe you, you missed that episode, the Friday uh, episode. And uh, maybe you're not on the on the email list. You should be. <laughs> but uh, if you're not, then I'm, I'm going to go ahead and link to it again because I really do think it's a great deal. It's a thousand lumen flashlight uh, by Survival Hacks. It comes with the rechargeable battery and it comes with the charger. And uh, it's just a great deal. And so, um, you know, if you're interested, if you need a good flashlight, this is definitely one that you should look into. So uh, let's go ahead and dive into this article and uh, like I said, I'm going to just you know stop every once in a while and give a little bit of commentary as we go. The scenes of destruction are still fresh on everybody's mind. In fact, you can easily find plenty of neighborhoods that are still ravaged due to Hurricane Harvey. The Gulf Coast hasn't recovered from last year's hurricane season, but it's time to get ready for the next round. Fortunately, there are things that you can do to help get you and your family prepared for hurricane season. The key is to start prepping now. And as an added bonus, it is good to know that many of these tips are just smart to know for an emergency you might face. So number one, hurricane preparedness tip one, right? Decide if you're staying or leaving. Indecision isn't good when you're talking about emergency preparedness. Many people have different opinions when it comes to evacuating or riding out a storm. You need to take into account your family situation and your level of acceptable risk. For example, if you have elderly parents or grandparents living with you, you might not want to risk losing power for days and seeing them overheat. At the same time, you don't want to be on the road and get stuck in traffic with everyone else trying to evacuate either. Older people and extremely frail individuals died on the side of the road during Hurricane Ike because their vehicles ran out of gas and they became overheated. You need to decide early on if you are going to evacuate. It is always better to make plans when you are not in the middle of a crisis situation and then activate those plans when the time comes. You can visit family in another state, get a cheap hotel or motel room, travel far enough inland, and go camping or whatever else you would like to do if you want to evacuate. But don't delay in making that decision. All right, guys, this is an important one, right? Because if you wait too long to evacuate, you're going to be stuck in traffic and you know, when we are, I, I guess it was, yeah, it was Hurricane Ike. And actually, it was Hurricane Ike and Hurricane Rita. And Rita hit right after Hurricane Katrina. And uh, it was supposed to be a direct hit to Galveston and then come right up and hit Houston. But it didn't. It started turning a little bit further east. And uh, and really, it, it, it kind of hit more uh, unpopulated area. So that was really, really good. But because of Hurricane Katrina and what everyone, you know, the news, what was showing and all the stories that were coming out of New Orleans, people freaked out. And uh, I know that our school district closed down to give everybody an extra day to do whatever they wanted to do. And uh, that was pre-preparedness for us. And so that day, since the, the school district gave us off, we went to the stores and guess what? They were completely cleaned out. So when Hurricane Ike hit, we were uh, a little bit more proactive. And as soon as we saw that, you know, hey, the, the, the paths showed it coming towards, you know, t- coming our way, we went ahead and made a couple of trips to the store and we we're like, okay, do we have enough? And then we just, we wanted to really be prepared. And so uh, better, better off there. But in both of those situations, before the storms hit, people were uh, evacuating Houston. And here's the thing, when all these people evacuate, there are going to be problems. And I know that not too long ago, uh, someone sent me an email or I'm sorry, yeah, an email about uh, an article that they wanted to write about the thinking through, you know, right, problem solving about 
people evacuating from a city and it was a very uh you know well thought out article and uh, it just it just talks about how really you're 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 going to be screwed really if you if you if you wait too long to evacuate and so uh maybe I'll, I'll if i if i find it i'll link to it in the show notes because i think it was uh it, it was a really good one and it will help uh really pinpoint some of the things that you need to consider if you are going to bug out right just the whole bugging out idea but anyway, people were so before the storm hit, and we still had power and all that kind of stuff. We were watching the news, and we and the freeways were you know bumper to bumper. I mean, no one was moving. And again, like I said, people died. Very very sad. People died because they were you know on the freeways. Their cars ran out of gas, and they overheated. And the elderly and the disabled uh, people died, and um, so very tragic. So when when you are thinking about this, I mean, you really need to think this through. If you have young kids that you are taking care of, uh, you know, or you have elderly parents that are not going to be able to withstand, uh, you know, the heat and, you, you know, you, you're afraid for the, their health, it just makes sense to go ahead and pack up and get out. You know, batten down the hatches in your home and do everything that you can. And, uh, you know, uh, like Hurricane Harvey, no one would have foreseen that it would have flooded as bad. Uh, but, you know, maybe there's some things that you can do and, uh, you know, get it, get out of Dodge, right? And uh, like I said, go visit some family, uh, even if it's two, three hours away and you go visit some family and uh, head out over there. Maybe you do some camping and uh, you go um, away, away from the, the storm and the tra- trajectory of the storm and, uh, you know, go off for a couple of days worth of camping. And uh, whatever hotel, motel, I know I talked with people that did get uh, a hotel and uh, this last time around uh, for Hurricane Harvey. And then uh, they saw they were watching the news and they saw all the craziness, but then they saw their their area was fine. And so their problem, though, was can't are we going to be able to make it back in because the surround all the surroundings were completely shut down. So you really need to think this one through uh, because this, this is very important. So uh, let's move on to hurricane preparedness. Tip number two is prepare things you don't usually think about, like cooking, coffee, medication, and washing your clothes. So if you are planning on staying behind and you are, you know, you know that you're going to you know, w- w- hang out and you're going to bug in whatever, you know, for for the storm, then make sure that you have all those important things, uh, and and not just that you have them, but you have a means of. Uh, taking care of them. So uh, I'm here I am giving you commentary. I haven't even read the, the section here. So let me read that. Uh, many people know that they should get basic supplies. Food, water, and batteries usually fly off the shelves when a hurricane's path is published where it will land. However, there are something, some things that people don't think about that should be considered. You have food, but do you have a way to cook it? If your power goes out, you don't want to cook inside on your stove. Even if you have a gas stovetop, using it will heat up your kitchen and by default your home more than it needs to be. Instead, you want to cook outside like on a burner or a gas grill, or you could purchase a propane stove and some small canisters. This will allow you to cook and warm up food without adding heat to your home. Are you a coffee drinker? If you are a coffee drinker, you don't want to be dealing with the lack of caffeine after a big storm. You should either get some coffee singles that you can drop in some hot water or get an old-fashioned percolator coffee maker that you can use on your propane stove. Do you have all the medications you need if the power was out for a week and the pharmacy didn't have the power to open? Make sure that you don't have any important medication prescriptions ready to be filled. 
And do you have a laundry or do you have laundry and dishes to be washed? Wash all your dirty clothes and all your dishes just in case you don't have the power to start your washer machine. You don't want to run out of clean underwear. So a lot of good advice. You know, some of this advice came from people a little bit later on about, hey, we washed all our clothes and we, we made sure everything was clean uh, because, you know, power was out for a while. And, and that's the way it was, uh, you know, for Hurricane Harvey. Uh, some people, I mean, they weren't able to get to clean clothes. And of course, you know, they flooded out. But sometimes you get a foot of water and then you have to go ahead and bug out. Uh, you want to have all that. So, OK, so think about this. Let's just say you... Uh, you know, you haven't washed your clothes, you get a foot of water in your home. And so all your laundry is maybe in the laundry room or this in a laundry basket. And then it gets soaked. It soaks up all that water. And then, so you're busy, you know, getting rid of all that and uh, throwing all that. It could be clothes that you really, really like. But anyway, the clo- the other clothes that you have is, you know, they're going to be in dressers and closets. And so they're going to be up above that one foot of water. So they're not going to be uh, you know, wet. And so if you need to leave your home, you know, because it's flooded out, then you can have some clean clothes. And so it just makes sense because you might not be able to, you know, there were some homes that were completely ravished and everything was just thrown out. And so everything was ruined. And so you just, you know, you lose all that. So, um, w- when you're in a situation where you're losing everything in your home, definitely you don't want to, have to go out and buy new clothes. So, you know, have some, you know, have some clothes, have your clothes washed so you don't have to worry about that. The kids have clean clothes. You don't have any dirty dishes. Everything is clean and and you're ready to go. And the the other thing to think about here, and I didn't put this in, uh, you know, in the article, but you might want to have some uh, paper plates, some plastic plates. You want to have some plastic utensils. So if the power does go out, you're able to eat off of those things and not necessarily because you've lost your water. Um, I mean, that could be possible if uh, if your water, the way that water comes into your home, like for instance, you're on a well and you are dependent on electricity. I mean, you might not have water, so you, you don't have water to do the dishes. So you want to, you're, you're still going to eat, you still need plates, you still need cups, you need, you know, you have all that kind of stuff. So some of you might not like, you know, doing that because, um, you know, you can't, uh, plastic, you don't want to add to the plastic, you know, and, and recycling and all that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, for something like this, uh, definitely would be a very big convenience. And then the coffee is a very big deal. I mean, I'm not a huge coffee drinker. I mean, I know there's people like I could if I w- it, I could if I didn't watch myself. I could drink like pots of coffee every single day, but I limit myself. But I do like coffee and I do drink coffee. And if I don't have coffee, it, I'm going to feel the effects. I'm going to have a bad, nasty caffeine uh, you know, headache. And so you need to have that. So the easiest thing would be to boil some water and, uh, you know, have some coffee singles. Uh, a lot of the times when we went camping before I got into preparedness, that's what I would do. And uh, th- that's the easiest thing to do. But now I just have a percolator because it's just it's easier to do that. And I just fire up my uh, the, the little grill that I, the grill. I have a, a propane grill and I have a little burner on the side. And so if you are in this summer, you are buying a new grill you know, and you're buying a propane grill, get one that has spend a little bit more money and get one that has a burner on the side. And that way for sure you have a means to cook. So a lot of information here in the medication thing, uh, definitely one, you know what, in, if you ever think that you might have to evacuate your home, you want to be able, I know that we've talked about this in the past. You want to have your medications ready to go. I mean, all your medications ready to go in some kind of bag uh, that you're able to just you know pick up and go. Uh, that's going to be very important. All right. So uh, going on to hurricane preparedness tip number three, get an inverter. An inverter is priceless when you lose power in a hurricane or a storm. 
It can save you from losing all of your food in your refrigerator or freezer. You will have access to power to charge your smartphones, tablets, and laptops. And it provides power to run a fan to cool down the elderly. They cost a fraction of what a generator costs, so every family can afford one. Inverters connect to your car battery, either through alligator clips that connect straight to the battery or through the cigarette lighter. They convert alternate power, or 12-volt AC, to direct power, 110-volt DC. You then run an extension cord to your home, connect an electrical strip, and power your electrical devices. You should keep your vehicle on when you are powering electrical devices. Your vehicle has a huge gas tank. This will ensure that you can power your electrical devices for a long time if you fill up your gas tank before the hurricane hits. You don't have to run your refrigerator or freezer nonstop. You really only need to run it for one to two hours to keep the inside cold or frozen until power is restored to your neighborhood. The inverter needs to be big enough to handle the surge that your refrigerator or freezer will require to start the compressor. An inverter of 1,500 to 2,000 watts should handle this for you. And guys, that's the 1,500 to 2,000 watts is peak power. So uh, in an inverter, you have, like for instance, the one that I use to power my refrigerator, I think it's a 750 watt continuous power, but it's 1,500 watt peak power. And so the reason that's important is when you turn on a refrigerator, uh, when the compressor starts up, there is an initial surge and then it, you know, initial surge of wattage, and then it comes back down. And so you need that 1500 watt surge or that ability for the inverter to handle that. And then it, it comes back down. So that 150 watt inverter that I had, uh, and I think guys, that was probably one of the first inverters that I bought. Uh, and I think it was from uh, Harbor, Harbor Freight actually. And it was probably like 40 bucks just life-saving, right? I mean, I don't know. Harbor Freight stuff is kind of cheap and breaks down a lot. People people have problems with it. It's like they, they always say it's a one-time use tool. You use it once and then it's never going to use or work again. But uh, mine has worked uh, you know, multiple times and definitely was a lifesaver. So anyway, uh, you, know, uh, you need to consider that. So let me finish this paragraph here. Remember, the purpose of having an inverter for your refrigerator and freezer is to save the food you have inside. The power that the inverter offers should be used to replace your no- shouldn't be used to replace your normal electrical power. You want to keep getting into your refrigerator to a minimum. You don't want to spend a ton of money replacing everything inside your fridge. You know the power that we lost for Hurricane Harvey was, um, I guess, a little less than forty-eight hours, but it would have been enough to lose stuff that we had in our freezers and, and refrigerators. And uh, but having having that inverter was was life saving. And then also uh, being able to recharge. I mean, I have a tons of battery chargers, but being able to charge phones and tablets and, and all that kind of stuff was uh, very helpful. And so, uh, you know, uh, when when you don't have television and you're trying to figure out what's going on in in the city, um, you know, you want to be able to get on social media and see what, what uh, is happening. Right. And uh, get the news reports. So very uh, helpful. I have smaller inverters. I have one in my truck that, uh, and actually, it, I never took it out of the package, but uh, it's a Cobra, and it's a little bit smaller inverter, but I can, if I need to power whatever, I can power that. If I need, uh, you know, I need to plug it into something that's just not regular, you know, cigarette lighter there. And uh, so I have that, and I actually have two of those because I have one in a blackout kit, and uh, I really like those. I've, that has worked really, really well. But, uh, you know, definitely something to get. And they're very, uh, they're, they're not very expensive. Uh, like I said, a fraction of what a generator would cost. And when you're talking about, you know, wanting to power, 
possibly uh, your uh, refrigerator and maybe your freezer, keeping it cold so you don't lose hundreds of dollars of, of uh, food. And then also you know, charging your phones and stuff like that is invaluable. And so definitely uh, consider getting an in- inverter. All right, so hurricane prep tip number four, have a good ice chest ready. When your power goes out during a hurricane and it's hot, you will want something cold to drink as well as have a place for cold items you will want to use while the power is out. Remember, you don't want to be opening and closing your refrigerator doors when the power is out. Newer ice chests do a good job of keeping ice for days. For example, the 120-quart Coleman Coastal Extreme Cooler boasts that it will retain ice for up to 6 days, even in 90 degrees heat. One way to ensure your cooler stays cool is to put plastic rectangular juice containers filled with water and frozen on the bottom of the cooler. Then pour in about an inch of water and fill with ice, leaving room for your drinks, water bottles, and other items to keep cool. Make sure you place your cooler in a shaded area. All right, so this um, definitely is one that we use during Hurricane Harvey because at some point we weren't sure uh, because we were watching the news reports, guys, and it was so bad. Uh, everything was uh, was underwater, and uh, we didn't we didn't know how soon they were going to be able to turn the, the the power back on. So uh, we decided to go ahead and go to my parents' house, and so I have that big 120 court Coleman and uh, put everything in there and was able was able to go um, I mean I didn't need to fill it up with ice um, you know I could get rid of that uh, but was able to take everything that I needed to over to my parents house and put it in the freezer so that when we uh, got back home or so that we wouldn't lose it because we weren't going to be here to run the inverter to, to, to do that but one of the things and we've done this when we go up to the country is those rectangular like juice bottles right so not like a a, a two liter a plastic bottle, but more of the the juice bottles that are rectangular that would fit just kind of flush on the bottom. So you fill those up with water, put them in the freezer, and you uh, you know they they freeze and you drop them into your cooler. So you have basically like a, a base, like a foundation of those. And sometimes I guess I guess it's like around uh, maybe four or five of them will fit in the in this big uh, quart cooler, 120 quart cooler, and then you fill it with just a little bit of water. And then you put ice on top of that. I mean, that ice will stay there for days. And we have experienced that going up to the country where we don't have air conditioned. And uh, it, it, I mean, we're completely off grid. But things, I mean, we, it's amazing how long that ice stays. And so some of the newer technology of coolers will last for a long time. And you know what? If you have an older cooler and it, you know, try it out and see how long it will work. I mean, that's a, a little experiment that you can do for your preparedness is uh, put some, you know, just like I said, put some uh, juice bottles down at the bottom, put some, a little bit of water and put some, uh, some ice in there and then put it outside in the shade and then see how many days it'll go. So you might be surprised on some of the older coolers uh, would work just as well. But anyway, so that's uh, one thing that you can have ready and prepared. So hurricane prep tip number five, have battery chargers charged and ready. When the hurricane hits, you will want to stay aware of what is going on around your area. During Hurricane Harvey, many people communicated and rallied to help because of social media. As a result, battery chargers and solar battery chargers proved invaluable to charge phones to stay connected. I recommend that everyone have a battery charger for everyday use as well as during crisis. One that is affordable and about the size of a normal cell phone is the AV Solar Charger. It has a small solar panel on it, but don't count on it. It really should be charged from your computer or the wall. But due to its 10,000 milliamp size, it can charge your phone two to three times 
And like I mentioned, it is about the size of a regular cell phone, so it can fit in your back pocket or your purse. If the power goes out for multiple days, you will want a true solar charger or battery bank combination. One of the best ones on the market is the Kogala Solar Storage Bank. The solar panel will fully charge the 10,000 battery in 3 to 5 hours. I used this charger during Hurricane Harvey and it worked like a champ. All right, so um, a couple of things here. Uh, I have, since I've written this article, I have purchased an Anchor. Um, I believe that's the way that you uh, you pronounce it. And I've talked to, talked about it recently on uh, on a Facebook Live video. Um, it's, a, it's an Anchor battery charger. It's like 20,100 milliamp um, at, you know, hours. And so uh, I think it's like about $40, um, very lightweight and will power, you know, a, a regular phone or tablet or whatever, depending on what it is and, and how uh, empty it is, uh, somewhere between four to seven times, depending on your device. And so uh, I'm always adding to those ba- battery banks. So again, I have the inverter and that is able to charge up phones and, and tablets and computers and all that type of stuff. But you know, you might not be running that all the time or you may be out and about. So I, you know, not only for the storms, I believe everyone should have one. You should have one for your everyday use, but then definitely for when the poop hits the fan, I would have a few more because you can connect stuff like USB fans to those, uh, USB lights. And uh, so there's a, a big advantage to those. And so anyway, I'll kind of leave that there. And uh, if you do want to come over to the article, there's some links that you can click on. So hurricane preparedness tip number six, always have a plan B, including your emergency binder. So many people inland don't usually evacuate due to a hurricane. However, the havoc of Hurricane Harvey sure is a good example of why you should have a plan B. The people on the Gulf Coast didn't receive much damage due to Hurricane Harvey, but the hurricane dropped so much rain that flooding was very widespread up and down the Gulf Coast. Your plan B can be to evacuate to the home of a relative or even go far enough inland that you can get to a motel. Don't wait too long and pull the trigger to evacuate. And when you do, make sure you have everything ready to go, like your bug out bag or go bag and your emergency binder with all of your important documents. People who flooded during Harvey lost everything, including important documents that are hard to track down and some that might not even be able to be replaced like high school diplomas. Having an emergency binder will ensure that you are not spending countless hours on the phone with various agencies and businesses trying to get copies of your important documents. In fact, if you are making one emergency binder, it's just as easy to make two or three. Keep one sealed up with family members, and you might even want to put one in a safety deposit box. For more information on emergency binders, click here. And so I have a video that I have uh, created, Emergency Binders for Preppers. And so if you're interested in that, you can go and uh, you know watch that video. Uh, but definitely, you know, there are people that are having to replace everything or had to replace everything. And so uh, you are on the phone with government agencies. Can you imagine that? Right. Or going and waiting uh, at, uh, you know, government buildings. Uh, you know, just recently I went with my son to get his uh, driving permit and I, it was torture. I'm going to tell you it was torture. Uh, just waiting in line. And we got there and then they um, probably about 30 minutes after we got there, a lady got on the megaphone and she's like, okay, we are, we are at capacity. So we are closing or closing the doors. No one is going to be allowed to, uh, to come in. 
So if you need to go out, just know that you are not going to be allowed back in. If uh, and then someone said, "Hey, I, I sent someone to the store, or, you know, to get some drinks or whatever," and they're like, "You know, you need to tell them to hurry up and come back in." Uh, and then when we left, there was a line out the door that was. It, it was just crazy, and people were still coming. And uh, you know, there was there's no way that they were going to be served that day. But anyway, uh, you don't want to go through that kind of trouble, you know, trying to track down some, you know, the information that you need. So just make copies. That's just a smart thing to do. All right, hurricane preparedness tip number seven: share your generator in return for fuel. A generator is a great tool to have when the power is out. During during Hurricane Ike, my in-laws were without power for a week. My father-in-law connected his generator to his circuit breaker panel and powered his whole house. They were able to stay cool by running a window unit instead of their AC. Running a generator for an extended time can be costly when you consider fuel. If your generator is big enough to share some of the load or the power, you might consider asking your neighbor if they would like to have access to your generator if they contributed to the fuel cost. Of course, you would have to have some guidelines like how long you will run the generator if you are not going to run it all day, and someone would need a long extension cord. But by offering your neighbor access to your generator, you might save him a lot of money by keeping his refrigerator and freezer cool. You will also allow him to charge his phones, laptops, and batteries. He would truly be appreciative. So thinking about this, you know, fuel costs are are pretty expensive. If you're trying to, if you don't have an inverter and you're trying to power more electricity in your your home, and uh, you definitely don't want to buy a big enough inverter to do that, you you really couldn't do that. Um, I mean, I guess there are inverters, but you would need to power it somehow. But anyway, uh, you, you know, you might want to use a generator or you might already have a generator. And so, you know, talking with your neighbor and just, you know, saying, hey, look, if the power goes out and we need to, uh, you know, I'm going to be, you know, I don't, I don't want to lose the stuff in my refrigerator. Um, you know, would you like to use some of our power uh, in exchange for some fuel? I, I, mean, I don't see anybody that would, would have a problem with that, you know. Um, so you would just need a long extension cord to, uh, to run it over there. And I'm sure they would be very appreciative. And then you might not even want to share fuel. You might have like I have a, an elderly neighbor next door and she might need to, to, to stay cool. And, uh, you know, so I would want, you know, just to be nice because I, I know her and I like her. I might want to run an extension cord over there so that she can run uh, a fan and keep herself cool. And then also keep her, her refrigerator cold, cold so she doesn't lose everything. So you might just want to do it just to be a good neighbor and uh, to offer goodwill to other people. So that's something to consider there. Hurricane tip number eight. Don't wait to get needed supplies. <laughs> Many hurricane supplies are common sense items that you should have already in case of an emergency. So you shouldn't need to go buy batteries, flashlights, candles, and water. However, there are food items that you will want to be stocked up on and you will want some comfort food, but don't wait to get those items. Hurricane trackers are pretty accurate nowadays and when you see that a hurricane is headed for you, go to the store and pick up your items. Many people are stocking up a lot sooner due to the big high profile storms that we have had. And if you are buying items that you will eat or need anyway, then it's not like you are wasting any money. The saying is true. It's better to have it and not need it than need it and not have it. So uh, one of the things about uh, that I noticed this time around is when you know the power started coming back on and stores started opening, some of the things that were completely wiped out at the grocery store for days, and it was just really weird, is milk and eggs. 
And, you know, the store would tell you, like, we had a, a big shipment of eggs come in and they're just gone. People were, like, buying eggs and eating eggs. It was crazy. It's like they, were, they weren't getting enough eggs. But the other thing that was completely wiped out was the chip aisle. I mean, like all the chips, I mean, even the, the nasty chips that no one usually buys, I mean, they were, they were wiped out. And so it's like people want comfort food and, you know, there's going to be maybe some fruits and vegetables that you're going to want to top off, uh, you know, those types of things. You know, for, most preppers are going to have their food storage already, but there's going to be some things that you might want to top off. And like I said, comfort foods and, and different things like that, some easy to eat things that don't need to uh, be refrigerated, maybe and don't need a lot of cooking to, uh, to eat some things that you might want to do. So just don't wait too long. If you see, uh, you know, something, you see a storm coming, whether it is a hurricane, tropical storm, uh, if, if it is, a, you know, a snowstorm, blizzard, whatever, you know, go ahead and, and, and get those things that you know you're normally going to eat anyway. And just have those and be ready to go with that. And so you don't have to fight the crowds and you don't have to uh, be without in, in those cases. So be prepared for the next hurricane. Recent hurricanes have proven to us that we should prepare accordingly. If you take reasonable steps to prepare, you can help to mitigate some of the potential discomforts that a hurricane can cause. Hurricane preparedness doesn't have to cost a lot of money. You just need to do it and do it before a hurricane is coming straight for you. All right. So and there are a lot of links here and other uh, links. If you want some more hurricane preparedness tips, um, it goes to uh, the prepper website tag cloud. And so you can get a lot of information over there. So, guys, that is just my two cents here on uh, on hurricane preparedness and not just hurricanes, but, uh, you know, whatever, tropical storms, big rainstorms, big rain events, uh, you know, in, in blizzards and snowstorms and all those types of things. And just good stuff for just regular emergency preparedness. And uh, like I said, when when things uh, when when the hurricane was ready to come, I mean, you're you're. It's not like you're freaking out because you, you're prepared because you have these things already in place. And so you know what you're going to do. And so, uh, you know, uh, hopefully this information would be uh, very helpful uh, for you. So, everyone, that is it for episode 344. Hey, don't forget to subscribe to the show. Head on over to the Prepper website, podcast.com. We have a ton of podcast networks that you can subscribe to. And that way you never miss another episode of Sweet Prepper Goodness. And take a moment to connect with me. I have a ton of ways to connect in the show notes, especially the Facebook group. We'd love to have you over there. And so with that, choose to live a more self-reliant life. Choose not to be so dependent on the government grid or the grind. Until tomorrow, stay prepped and aware. Peace.